You guys, hi, I'm Charlie Bleeker. And I'm Sam Bleeker. And this is Bleeker Bombs, a podcast where we talk about all our struggles, marital, parental, financial, and personal. Let's do this. Okay, I am really struggling with this idea of being prepared versus being super stressed out and obsessively thinking about the thing that's coming up. Okay. What are you, what are you laughing at? <laughs> you get the mic in front of you and then every week it's, I'm really struggling. Is that what I do every week? <laughs> I don't know, two weeks in a row. Well, what, what are we trying to do here? Or We're the, talking about things that are hard. Exactly. So I wanted to share something that I'm struggling with. That's I think I should start every podcast like this. <laughs> I think this I'm really be, struggling with fill in the blank. It could be your thing. That Yeah, this could be my thing. It is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's so funny about it. Okay. I was just thinking it right before, well, right before we started. Today, leading up to this, my goal, my intent has been to not get all nervous and worked up and like sort of this feeling of dread. Like I don't want that anymore because I really enjoy doing this. And so I'm like trying to figure out like how do I make this process fun? And so I'm trying to like not know everything that I'm going to say. Good. But then in doing that, I kind of feel like I drift to the opposite side where I have like no idea what we're even going to talk about. Oh, I thought we had a very pointed... Yeah, sort of. I kind of was like leading up to this. I was like, uh, I'm just going to be like, oh, Sam, why don't you kick things off? Because I don't really know what we're talking about here. So you can lead the conversation. And so then I haven't really put much thought into it. Oh. And yesterday I ran a session for a rite of passage and I was trying to implement the same thing where I am prepared and I have like my outline and stuff. But I fall into these habits where I will obsessively practice what I'm going to say. And it feels like I'm overprepared, but I don't really like write them down as bullets. It's, I don't know why. It's like this weird, I don't know if it's a block or something. But when I'm practicing for these sessions, I will like literally like practice out loud what I'm going to say. But I won't keep the time, which is really important for like how long something lasts. And I'll be like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be keeping the time. And I won't like write down the things that I'm like, oh yeah, I should say that and that or that and this or whatever. And so then I keep practicing it like I'm saying in a freaking monologue. And then I still get really stressed out because when I look at the outline in front of me, the outline is still the same. (laughs) Sounds like you need to work on your process. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. So with the with the rite of passage session, I was a lot more prepared. Um, and it went pretty well. I, I felt like my goal with that was to be like really present, which is the same thing with this, like where I want to just be here with you and not be in my head so much. Um, but today I am feeling unprepared and I don't like that feeling there. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why you had to prepare them. <laughs> We're just having a conversation. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Why don't you kick things off for No, us? why don't you? I feel like it'll be good practice. Okay. Okay. We're talking about ambition today. Yeah. More pointedly, we both listened to a podcast that resonated and was interesting. And so we thought that could be a good wrapper to 
just discuss it and how it relates to our ambitions. Okay. So Bill Simmons was on the How I Built This podcast with Guy Raz was basically about his transition from working at ESPN to building his own, gosh, can we call it an empire? Yeah. Well, I mean, he sold his business for $250 million and he owned 90% of it. So, I mean, yeah, he's doing, he's done quite well, at least if you measure it from like a monetary standpoint. But I mean, really it tracks his journey, not only from ESPN, but from graduating from college and working in a, in a newsroom to then blogging to then finding his way at ESPN. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Bill Simmons, I mean, like he's weaved pop culture references in. He also would do like a mailbag, which became extraordinarily popular. And then he, early on in this podcast, he mentions he would do things like the 30 worst sports movies of all time. Um, And so he's always trying to find like interesting angles. Like the mailbag is something I've been encouraging you to do because it's an interesting way to have a two- way conversation with your readers <laughs> and it also reminds me of ryan rosillo's life advice thing or uh cheryl strade's dear sugar right column. so i've done it twice and i remember when i like first did it i i think i actually like asked readers if they had any questions yeah. to like reply to my newsletter and i only got a couple responses and i was just like well i can't make a whole mailbag out of these questions and you're like you can make up the question yourself. <laughs> I was like, what? I can't? No, I can't. And you're like, yeah, you can. And I was like, well, I don't even know what to ask. And then you like came up with all my questions. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it doesn't come naturally to you. Yeah, like that seems like a format that would be really well suited to your writing style. Well, and you- both times I've written those, I've really enjoyed it, enjoyed it. But I, I struggled to come up with the questions or figure out like what would be interesting questions to answer. Yeah, but I don't even know why there's like a block. Because the way you write normally, <laughs> you'll circle around some type of question or prompt. And then you'll come out with this really interesting piece. Yeah. Like, what did you write about last week? Um, the controller thing? Yep. So it would have so been so easy for you to craft a question regarding that and then just write it in a mailbag style format. Mm-hmm. And then the reason I said you could come up with the questions is just you're kickstarting momentum. Like, ultimately, yeah, right, as right, your right. reader base grows and it becomes a thing, like, if it does. But I wasn't trying to force this format onto you. It was more I wanted you to experiment beyond your the, the format that feels most comfortable to you. Yeah. Um, but then the other one that I thought we uh, I told you that you should write. You were so angry at this high chair we got and we spent a lot of money <laughs> on. And our opinion on this high chair has really gone. Fluctuated. In, yeah. In cycles. Uh, and now I think we like it again. Yeah, we do. It's um, a great chair. It's it's an okay chair. It could yeah. be better. Um, but anyway, I you were so, you were ranting all the time, nonstop about this high chair. And so I told you you should write a product review. It's the Stoke Trip Trap chair for anybody who's wondering. Yeah, and so you did write a product review, and now I think you actually posted it on Amazon. Um, on Reddit, and then recently, Nate Cadillac, who designed my website. He was like, hey, just so you know, like the most traffic you have on your website is for this piece. And I was like, what? Which is so funny <laughs> that you don't ever check your stats or traffic. Right. Like, no, I, I, don't, um, I need Nate to just tell me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but so, and I think that's because it has natural distribution on this Reddit page. Like anyone who's looking at it, like that's probably why it has the most traffic and it's evergreen. But that's such an interesting format. Like that was really funny. And it's this, you can... 
there are so many things like right now in the background you may be able to hear this uh blender like sound whirring, well, yeah. that's our milk maker that i ordered maybe three months ago and i was so excited about it i told you that i ordered it and you were and i thought you would love it because you were drinking oat milk but you didn't want to all the stuff in oatly yeah and well, there was were, a recall that came out about Oatly, and I was like, "Oh God, no! Well, I can't drink just Oatly." A whole lot of shit in Oatly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all like I know, I know, rapeseed um, oil and yeah. So I thought you'd be thrilled, and then you were kind of like, uh, "I didn't think I was gonna. I didn't think it was gonna taste good. I mean, right. Oatly tastes delicious because it has crap in it, and it was really expensive. And I was like, "Is this really gonna be worth the money? Are we really gonna use this that much?" And now we use it like three times a day. Three times a day, literally. Yeah, and our kids or our daughter drinks almond milk from it. Our son drinks cashew milk from it, and we drink. Cashew. And let me tell you guys, the way you make it is literally cashews and water for cashew milk, and almonds and water for almond milk. And it has a self-cleaning function, so it's not like you oh, have, yeah. it's not like a blender where it's a pain in the neck. Every time you use it, you have to take all these pieces apart no, it's and so scrub. easy to use it's so incredible anyway it would be the best product review because it's such a niche and you've been telling thing. me to write about this for so long and for some reason i have just not been able to sit down and write about this and then by the way like if if you talk like a few weeks ago you were like oh substack created this new pledge thing i'm going to turn pledges on it could be a cool way to just like make a few extra dollars i think it automatically turned them on right but you were excited about it. Well, I thought it was cool because I don't want to ask for people to pay for m to be a subscriber. Of course. Yeah. And I don't think you should. I mean, yeah. I think you. So I was like, oh, I don't have to do anything. I'm still skeptical on it. I think like there is still like. Friction. Yeah. It's like if I sign up now, I'm just used to clicking no pledge, blah, blah, blah. But it's one extra click I have to make. Like right. I, if I were you, I might think about turning that off. But yeah. if you want a way to make money like uh, Amazon affiliate links are really interesting and it's like if you write a review for this um this milk maker that's i think like 300 bucks worth every penny folks <laughs> that's really interesting and then it gets distribution kind of like your trip trap chair did and you make a small percent on each one of these that are sold and it's evergreen it's like that is way more effective than it, in my opinion, than like having a, a pledge on your true site, right? But then I would actually have to like write these pieces <laughs> and set up the affiliate links. Is that hard? No, um, although I got rejected because oh, yeah, um, I have put a Substack link in and they don't accept Substack, but you have your, your personal website, so mm -hmm. that would be fine. But I <laughs> we've kind of gone a little off the rails, but I think. One thing I've been encouraging you to do is experiment with formats. And the two that we've come up with are, or that I've encouraged you to try are mailbags and product reviews, because I think it lends itself well to your writing style. And maybe you can just talk about like why there's a block there. I think it's sometimes uh, a struggle to get my newsletter out each week. Like I know I'm going to do it. It's part of my week schedule. Like it's going to happen but there's a little bit of stress to write something good to go outside of my comfort zone feels like it would be harder to write it. Whereas when I sit down to with the time that I give myself on Fridays to write something, I know that if I just write the way I usually write, which is to 
kind of dive into something that happened and a feeling that I'm having and go from there. I know I'll get something out. And if I try to experiment with something new, I'm afraid, I guess, that it's going to flop and that it will be what. And as I say that, I realize like, who cares? And it's worth it to experiment with different types of writing. But I think it's as simple as that, that like I'm, I'm very comfortable with the style that I'm writing in and it's really easy to sit down and, and write that way and know that I'll get something out and I'll enjoy doing it. Um, and if I write in a different way, I worry that um, it will be more stressful than fun. Hmm. Trying to, like there's, obviously you want it to be fun and you want writing to be fun, but there are going to be elements. If you push yourself in anything, there are right. going to be elements that aren't necessarily the most fun. And so like forcing yourself to do it, even if it's less fun than your traditional writing style, you may stumble upon something or you may decide that, no, I don't like this. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like the only way it's going to be good is if you like it. I think another thing I've been struggling with is um, how to best utilize my time. Lately, I've been wanting to consume more content. I feel like I, I go through waves where I'm more focused on writing and now I'm back into a phase where I'm like kind of eager to learn and read and watch and listen. And so then when I have pockets of time, I feel like I should be learning instead of writing. And so it's like I have these like not that much time where I actually like devote to writing right now. And more time is devoted, not more time, but it's split with this idea of learning. Yeah, I think it has to be though. What do you mean? So going back to this podcast, he talked about how like you have to put in the work and he noticed that uh, some older sports writers were not as interested in sports. And I think he used Rick Riley as the example. And clearly there's a rivalry there the way because he was talking about him a little bit disparagingly. But he was saying Rick Riley started writing only once a week and it was clear he was interested in things beyond sports and he was watching less sports. And Bill Simmons said like, he used to watch his 10 hours of football every Sunday and he'll watch every basketball game. And then the next morning he'll watch the fourth quarters of games that he didn't uh, get to see. And he said, as soon as I stop being interested in that, then it's time to stop writing. Mm -hmm. And so if you take that mindset, it's like the reason his writing is good and his podcasts are good is because he's consuming all of that content. And so it's not about sports, but you have to be consuming documentaries and books and podcasts in order for your writing to be better. It's yeah. like, I think for a while there, we were just so consumed with the kids that you stopped consuming as much content and your writing was similar each week. It was like, here's what's going on in my life. Here's what's going on in the, with the kids. And then the past few weeks you've started consuming a lot and now you're weaving in documentaries. You weaved in the... Who is the uh, musician that Selena Gomez? Selena Gomez, and then Stutz, uh, like that stuff to me makes your writing ten x better. I want to be ambitious, and I want to like keep moving forward creatively. And I also am struggling with feeling like I'm running all the time, and so I'm like trying to be okay with not always like trying to fill up my days with content and writing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's going to be easier now that we're settled into a routine where the kids are both in school. I mean, if Layla starts actually sleeping at daycare. The other thing that I've been struggling with, though, is that 
um, I am feeling a lot of pressure now. Like as soon as I drop her off, like, oh my gosh, now I have to accomplish things. Like yesterday I was telling you, um, you know, I was like doing things like making dinner and cleaning up and running around and then trying to at the same time consume content. So I'm like listening to this book and then I'm like, what is this book doing for me? Why am I listening to this? Is this really what I, am I really making the most use of my time right now? So then I switch and I'm like listening to this podcast. Then I'm like, is this really what I want to be listening to right now? Am I getting the most out of this? Is this providing value for me? And I'm like in my head about every little thing. And it's like, it's making me feel scattered and I'm not gaining anything from it. Yeah. If you're in that headspace, I wouldn't try to listen to something like that. You I'm forcing it productive. Yeah. You're forcing it. And then it's, it's the reason I listen to Bill Simmons. Because he is my off-ramp or outlet. It's like when I'm crazed or stressed or don't have mental capacity to listen to something uh, educational or investing-related or something on that front, I'll put him on. And it's just like a way to decompress. And so fun, like he used to listen to Dax Shepard. Yeah. So start listening to him again. Um, yeah, but then he switched to Spotify, and so I stopped listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I want to talk about you, because you are were really inspired by Bill Simmons. So talk about how you think about this for yourself creatively. Well, one, I've had this epiphany that like writing is the key. And it's interesting. For the first 30 years of my life, I thought I was a decent writer, but I never considered myself a writer. And the thought of like writing was, it's like, why would I waste my time like on that when I could be doing all of these other things? And I think it's interesting for the first 30 years of my life, I was also probably suppressing creativity and instead I was just checking boxes. And so now you've really helped me unleash like creativity and realizing that like entrepreneurship is a creative endeavor. And I think writing is this, this really underutilized skill set and um, power but and there's a reason I think Amazon has a writing culture and Stripe has a writing culture and they hire for uh, they filter for quality writers because it's not only it's like the good writers are able to clarify their thoughts and convey information in an interesting way and for me I think as I think about fundraising for my for my investment fund there's kind of like a, a standard playbook that most emerging managers will pursue. And it's like, okay, create your deck and then you'll talk about your process. Is a deck like a slide yeah, show? Like your, yeah, your slide deck, your pitch deck. And you'll have your investing ideas. And then you'll get all these meetings with these endowments and foundations um, and family offices. And then you go through your spiel and it's like, one, that doesn't suit my personality. Like I'm not good in the, those sales settings. I also think the lead time is super long and there's so much group thing. So yeah, sure, that playbook may work for a small group of fund managers uh, who somehow build a relationship or rapport with one fund and then they come in and then you can build momentum off of that. I think starting from a standing start is very, very difficult. If I want to build a world-class investing organization over 30 or 40 years, like might as well take that same uh, long-term mindset with the fundraising perspective. Yeah. And so 
I've started writing again. Uh, again, I mean, I used to write like investing write-ups, but now it's more broad than that. And it's been really, really fun. And it's almost as like, it's content marketing and not even from an investing perspective, but I'm putting out content to show how I think about things right. or um, what I'm reading even. Uh, and so... And you've already connected with somebody through something that you've published. Well, it is, is really magic. Cool. Like yeah. this is what I was trying to get at with I couldn't even find the words because it is magic. There are no words <laughs> to describe it. Every single time I've published something, I will get an inbound from somebody. And either that inbound will be interesting and create a relationship or like that inbound will lead to something else. I'm trying to think of an example here. So the most recent example, I published this piece. Someone, a well-known blogger on the internet shared it. And so it was the first piece I've published in so long. It was like my first Substack article and it got... He had more views on his on this post than I've ever had on anything I've ever published. Is that right? Do you know that? Uh, actually, I don't know that for sure, but it was a lot. Your trip trap chair may... Maybe, um, yeah. I'll have to look, but... But yeah, I think it was like close to 20,000 <laughs> views in the first few days and it was, it was crazy. But um, And then also it's like, oh, wow, this is easy. <laughs> you know, you kind of get... A little hot-headed. But somebody reached out on Twitter through direct messages just to say that he really enjoyed the piece. And that person has a podcast that I used to listen to, but for some reason hadn't in a while. And so then that message made me like go down his podcast rabbit hole. And then he published a, uh, a recent podcast with... Uh, some a former Navy SEAL who happens to live in our town. In our town, and now I'm gonna have uh coffee with that guy in like the next week, which is just crazy to me. It is magic. Yeah, and every single time I publish something, that happens. Like to me, if I want to fundraise, it's a long-winded way of saying like I have no idea who it will lead to, but I'm confident that by publishing on a relatively regular basis, like I think of it more as a blog than a newsletter, to be honest. It's not like I am going to be strict on the weekly cadence or Mm. a specific day, Um, but it's a blog that I happen to distribute through email. Mm -hmm. And, um, And eventually, if I continue, one, I'll be a way better writer, and two, I'll meet somebody who's interested in what I'm doing and want to put more put money into the fund it's a natural way to build relationships instead of the salesy way it feels when you're like pitching it's the best way to make friends as a 38 year old introvert i mean inevitably you're gonna connect with people that have a similar similar interests and passions do you want to switch gears yep okay um well, we've had a few argu- arguments recently. Without going into details of the actual argument, I can say that generally, when I get angry at you, this is a really bad trait of mine. I just like don't want to be near you. Like that's my way of handling it. Is like I just need to get out. In in some ways, I think it's good because whenever we have a little bit of separation, I always soften. Not always, but usually just having separation allows me to 
calm down. But when we, you know, have a conflict, I am like now able to recognize like, okay, here was what I did. But I'm so mad at you for what you did that mine's not as bad. And so I have this like realization with myself, but I don't care. I'm just like, no, I'm pissed. He sucks. <laughs> this is more his fault than mine. I'm more he right. Sucks. Than That's him. pretty harsh. <laughs> wow. You think that? Sometimes. Whoa. Do you not ever think that? That you suck? Never. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Well, when I'm really I mean I'm really angry. But I sucks? <laughs> That's like identity based stuff rather than like I'm mad at him in this moment. Yeah. Well, my anger is a, a beast. <laughs> And a lot of negative things take over for me. And I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's not like that's how I feel, like, for real. Hmm. But when I'm angry at you, yeah, that crosses my mind. Interesting. So what do you mean? Like, that's an interesting, if that crosses your mind, it's like, why would you ever want to be with someone that sucks? Well, because I know that it's like my petulant side that's saying it. Like I can recognize that it's the like the insecure me that's coming out and like my ego and all that. It's just like, he sucks. I'm so mad at him. I don't want to look at him. <laughs> okay. I feel like this is relatable. I'm sure a lot of people do this with their partners. I don't know. I For me, I've never felt that because I always know I want to be with you and work through it. And that I have a lot of love for you. That doesn't mean I I am not mad at you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean like um, like I understand like not wanting to be near me. I like that is totally totally resonates. I'll have to. Well, it's it's one of those things where, and it's changed for me. But like, even as I think it, I know that I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm feeling bratty. Yeah. And it makes me feel better to blame blame you than to look inward and and figure out my part. And I I, I rarely don't I rarely think like that I'm fully right. Like there's always some part of me, but it when, when we're in the thick of it, it always feels like my thing was so like barely offensive, and your thing was so huge. And then when I hear your side of it, it always seems to like <laughs> balance out. out more. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, I guess. But in those moments, it's like, wow, I cannot believe he did this thing. Yeah. Well, let's give some more specifics because I did tell okay. the listeners that, um, or we heard advice from the Making Media podcast that I shouldn't say listeners. Oh, yeah. I should say, I did tell you that see it's hard with a two-person podcast i say you guys yeah like you guys you guys are you guys are over here and then yeah. sam's in front yeah of me so you, i told these guys that uh <laughs> that doesn't sound very intimate <laughs> <laughs> um that i was gonna talk about all the arguments and when i get mad because that's like a real goal of mine um and yeah. so i wasn't prepared for this because i thought we weren't oh well gonna. have you been writing them down 
I haven't been writing some of them down recently. I wrote the early, the January I was really good. February. And then do you write like the details? Um, yeah, like a sentence or two so I remember them. But mm-hmm. um, it's a good reminder that I need to start. I, I, the one where we were very angry in front of the kids but it was a bad one. So we could talk about that okay, maybe. I, I, I remember some of this. So okay. it was breakfast time and I was standing at the kitchen island chopping up fruit and whatever else we were giving to the kids. You were holding Layla and you were getting her hands washed. And then you were going to... Hold on. There's backstory here, though. Okay, fine. Because that morning was a stressful morning. I went up to get George and he had pooped and he... I think it was diaper rash, but he went through this this few-day period where he was just not letting me change his diapers and there was poop everywhere. His foot went in it. And it's like I'm fighting with this strong-willed and strong two-and-a-half-year-old. Poop <laughs> Just is everywhere. Cannot stress enough. There's poop everywhere. Yeah. And then I come down and you... And so I haven't... I've ignored Layla this whole time because George is, was just being a handful. I come down. He doesn't want me to put him down. And then you're like... I'm going to go brush my teeth. And so now Layla's on the floor. George is in my arms. Layla starts bouncing and she wants me to pick her up. Mm. And so I felt so bad. It's like she's younger. I spend more time with George as it is because you kind of take more of the responsibilities with Layla and I'll, I'll take George. And so now I have to put George down and now he is freaking out. But... I have them both on the floor screaming. And then you come out. Not only are your teeth brushed, but you're like all dressed. <laughs> and I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, it would have been fine, but. That's not true. What? I wasn't like all dressed. Mm. No. Well, anyway, uh, you come out and you were in there for a bit. And I just said like, look, it's fine. But can you just ask me next time instead of saying like, so that, because then if you ask and then it kind of devolves, like, or maybe I would have been like, well, maybe can you give me a minute? Like, mm-hmm. I want to say good morning to Layla, yep. um, where it's like, as long as we're both on the same page, it feels more. And so anyway, I said that and then. And, well, I also think you're exaggerating a little bit that they were both sitting on the floor screaming. They were. Come on. What? Okay. Well, I just don't remember. Like, I didn't come out and be like, oh, wow. Yeah, like I think they had settled, but like in the beginning, for sure, they were both screaming. Okay. I mean, you were in there for so long oh getting dressed. Oh my then. God, you guys. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. So that was the, the stage. And then, but I had gotten over it. I don't, see, you say, I, and then I got over it. Like, the, yeah. I think you're, it's, you're telling that backstory because that was, that happened. And so it was affecting the way you felt about me. No, because then, like, I think I said that and then you were upset. That I had said it. Yeah. Right. And so then, and I was like, are you still mad? And, or I was like, are you mad at me? And you said no. And I wasn't. Right. But you're just chopping fiercely <laughs> on the cutting board. <laughs> like each chop is getting louder and louder. Okay. Okay. So can, are we back to where we were? Yep. So you're washing Layla's hands and, and George is standing at the island in his little stand thing. And I'm chopping stuff. And I put Layla's, like she has a little 
suction tray. I put it closer to Sam and I put the yogurt out and I was like, I want her to have yogurt today. And his, he was backwards to me because he was washing her hands in the sink. So he didn't see that I had placed her little tray with the yogurt next to it so that he could get her yogurt. And then he puts her, he's putting her in her high chair and he like snaps at me like, can you get her something? And I'm standing here waiting for him to get the yogurt in so then I can put the fruit in the yogurt. So that's why, and I don't like to put her food down before she sits down because then her hands go right for it and she doesn't have her bib on yet. So I like want her to get situated in the high chair first with her bib on before I put food in front of her. And Sam always like just gets the food in front of her right away. So then we had a miscommunication. That's right. what it boils down to. Right. And then it escalated. Yeah. So, and then it escalated and you were talking, we were both angry. I'm not saying like that you started this or, or whatever, but like you were then, and it may have been the aftermath or whatever, like once she had food in front of her, but you were talking loud and angry towards me. And so then this was my fault. I escalated it further because I got on my, like, I was thinking like, I can't believe she's saying this. Like, she is wrong. And sure, maybe I didn't do this perfect thing, but she's way, like, more wrong, kind of what you were Mm -hmm. describing earlier. And so then, like, once I feel indignant, then I'm just, like, lost it. And as much as I don't want to, like, yell in front of the kids, I kind of started yelling a little bit at you mm-hmm. and then you, you really pissed me off <laughs> and you said you know they're hearing all this <laughs> and it's like well you were just yelling and talking angry at me yeah it's and really- so it's, it seems like such a double standard when you said that and i was i was fuming it's really interesting how we talk about this after the fact with microphones and it's all laughter and (laughs) what do you mean it's all laughter like you know it's just like funny like it's embarrassing yeah for me it's like i wish i didn't react that way yeah it's embarrassing but also like i'm glad that we can like we're here now yeah so it's nice well i'm glad you don't think i suck (laughs) (laughs) no i don't think you suck okay but that's what goes through my head sometimes when i'm really angry i've been realizing with a, a couple of our past arguments that um, I can be hypocritical <laughs> and I don't realize that I'm being hypocritical until you point it out to me. Yeah. And then I'm embarrassed mm. that you're pointing it out to me and that you're right because I don't think I was yelling at you quote like the way you yelled at me. Well, I definitely escalated it to a level further, yeah. but the kids are picking up everything. Well, and I think the point is that it's the way I'm talking to you. Right. Like, if I'm being, like you said, I think you said condescending or um, whatever, how I was talking to you, like it was, it certainly wasn't in a nice loving way. Yeah. And so if you're raising your voice, like that's not good either, but it's not like it's worse than what I was doing. Or maybe it was a tiny bit worse than what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your voice was raised also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I, I didn't know. really, I didn't think it was raised like yours. Like I don't, Whenever, like, I see myself doing something, I'm always, like, the innocent one. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this as bad as... And then you do something, and I'm like, whoa, that's out of line. <laughs> Which I realize is, is not fair, because I'm doing it in my own way. Yeah, I think both of us need to get better, though, 
even instead of saying like you know they're seeing all this well they also just heard that comment right. that is not with the best tone either and so it's like when one of us notices that we should not be doing this in front of the kids just figuring out a way to de-escalate and talk about it later de-escalate yeah we haven't mastered that one yet nope i, I mean we're gonna fight and that's okay like of course, I want to get better at it, and I want to do it less, and I want to shrink the time. And, and that's something that we are getting better at. But the thing that we haven't been doing is <clears throat> resolving it in front of them. It's like at, when they're both down for a nap or when they're asleep that night, we resolve it. Because it's easier, because we don't have to watch them, and, and it makes sense why we're doing it. But I think it's important for them to see us make up. And so figuring out ways that we can resolve the conflict in front of them. The problem is resolving conflict takes a long time. Like it's usually a long conversation and it takes us a while to get to through to the end of it. And when we're with both kids, they need our attention. And so it's hard to work through the whole thing while we're caring for them. Mm -hmm. But I still think it's important. So <laughs> we're working on it. All right, we got to wrap things up. Okay. Anything you want to end with? Nope. Mm, we got to end with something. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead. <laughs> um, trash truck. If you have a toddler, we've really been enjoying trash truck. And I just thought of that because our trash truck just picked up our uh, our trash. But um, it's really an endearing show. It is really cute. Our Someone recommended Bluey. Oh, really? Yeah. One of my writing friends mm. recommended Bluey, and I am really into Bluey, but George has not really been turned on yet, so... But he loves Trash Truck. Loves Trash Truck. It's a Netflix show. It's our parting recommendation for Great. kids with toddlers. Adults with toddlers. Well, thank you for having this conversation with me. Yeah, thank you. It was right. fun. I love you. I love you. <laughs>